Welcome to the Sideline Live podcast. Subscribe for more episodes and follow our social media at The Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. Today I'm delighted to welcome Kate McDay to the podcast. Kate is a well-known nutritionist and currently works with athletes and individuals from around the globe. We had a great chat about her business, Nutricate, nutrition, and a little bit about her own basketball career. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Kate. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Not at all. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So before we kind of get started, uh, kind of give yourself 20 or 30 seconds to just explain to the, to the listeners kind of who you are in sporting and professional kind of life. Yeah, so... Um, my name's Kate McDade. I'm a health and performance nutritionist and I run my own consultancy um, called Nutricate, where I work with individuals, teams, corporates uh, to kind of improve their health, well-being um, and performance. Um, and then I play competitive basketball with Trinity Meteors. I'm uh, playing with their uh, recently promoted Super League team um, and I'm trying to play a little bit of football at the moment too for my sins. <laughs> Very good. So we'll get into that in a second. But uh, with the podcast, what's going to happen is kind of before we kind of get into the background, what I'm going to do is what's called the sideline seven. So it's the same seven questions or well, they potentially could change um, to, to all the guests. So it's thought provoking slash fire round. Um, so obviously the listeners can compare the different answers to one another. So I'm going to start off with the first question, which would be, what is your favorite quote? Okay, so I apologies if I botched this. Um, my memory isn't the, the May West, but um, one quote that's kind of struck out for me, I suppose, over the last number of years is um, a quote by, and I actually looked this up um, there recently, Eric Hansen's his name, but it's, uh, what if I fall? Um, oh, but my darling, what if you fly? So um, I think for me, that kind of um, has been a nice one just because obviously there's, uh, when you're doing your own business or just in life in general, you take risks every now and again. And obviously there is that fear of failure. Um, mm. But I suppose that's kind of like um, the nice side of well success. And I think one thing I've learned over the years too, and I suppose this ties into it, is um, that there is no such thing as failure. Like I, f- I find mm. if you take failure as a learning curve, um, you know, it's actually a really positive and useful thing. Yeah. Um, so, so between those two, they're kind of quotes I always keep in mind brilliant yeah uh second question would be what is the best sporting event you've been to that can be here in ireland or abroad it's kind of up to yourself yeah. uh, well for me it would probably have to be um when dublin um ladies football team played um against cork in the all-ireland final and um, i was on the sideline and just uh between the outcome <laughs> and this is in 2018 and uh the the results and the um, kind of crowd, the atmosphere, everything, it was just amazing. So that mm. definitely was a standout moment for me. I'd say it was special as well because you're probably involved in the team just to get that. You know, you've been there since the grueling pre-game, pre-season, seeing them go through championship, you know, getting over those hurdles and to finally kind of get, you know, get the goal that they've been striving for and they've been striving for since then. You know, they've gone with, with three in a row, I'd say it was incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely phenomenal. Like you get to know uh, the girls, the management, like on a personal level too. And you see day in, day out, all the, the slog that everyone is putting in. Um, and it's so nice, um, you know, to for the girls to get kind of their just desserts and for them mm-hmm. to get that uh, result that day. So just, and even their extended family. And, you know, it means so much to everyone and the fans and everyone there. So um, it was really just really, really special and such a lovely thing to be part of. Mm. 
And then kind of talking about your own career, what was the sort of biggest setback or challenge you've probably faced in sporting or business even? Uh, probably, I'm not going to lie, uh, COVID has been, well, I don't know if it's a setback, but like definitely a challenge. Like that has, you know, it's something obviously that came unexpectedly and um, there's so much uncertainty hanging over everyone's heads with it. So um, that probably for me has been the biggest challenge, I would say. Um, like, I suppose this ties over into business and in sports. Um, another challenge is like just kind of keeping the faith, like, you know, in yourself and your own abilities when maybe things aren't going as smoothly as you, as you want to. So that can be testing and that can be a challenge. Um, but between my teammates, my friends and family, um, work co- colleagues, like I, I am fortunate with the people I have around me. And I think... Um, I, I had someone said to me uh, in the last number of weeks, you're an average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And yeah. um, so I'm very fortunate that um, those five people in my life are, are sound <laughs> and have their head screwed on so they yeah. keep my head somewhat screwed on too. <laughs> Brilliant. It's great to have that support network to get you through these sort of times, that, you know, that we've never faced, you know, and even a hundred years ago, you know, no one in our lifetime has experienced what we're, what we're going through at the moment. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's mad times. Um, and I think it, it's been good in a way, um, you know, to bring us back to the the basics in terms of recognizing how important those relationships are in our life and how important, like just the basic things like uh, those around you having obviously a roof over your head, like having your health, like things that we maybe like forget about because life is moving so quickly and yeah. can be quite materialistic and, you know, we can get caught up with things that really aren't important 100 percent. and to kind of let's say go the flip side of that what would be you know your biggest achievement on in your sporting career or in business as well uh sporting career was definitely winning um i actually won it with cholester even though i'm, I'm not with my mom. <laughs> uh, but oh when i was we won uh, the national cup there it was on 2019 i'm so bad for dates but um recently enough <laughs> and uh and uh, that was amazing that was like something on my bucket list so to speak mm. of sport like I have been playing basketball for years now and I never I was always a freaking bridesmaid so I was like please give me the chance to play in a national yeah. cup final and please let me get the goods and um, mm. so that was a really really special day for me um, and, and the girls um, and then probably my biggest achievement then away from sport would be um, nature case I think like that's mm. something I'm I've worked really hard on and continue to work hard on, but I love it um, and I feel very blessed um, with with how it's gone and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah, um, it's kind of like, quite enjoy. It's kind of like one of those things, you know, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. Yeah, well, dear to love and you freaking don't stop working oil on is what I've realised. <laughs> so they kind of sold me the dream, but in reality, it's a different ballgame. But yeah. no, I, I do love it. You're right. Like, I mean, some days... Um, or going to work and it's like how how do I get paid to do this like it's mm. I love it yeah. <laughs> brilliant and kind of looking back on you know your professional and sporting career what would what advice would you give to your 18 year old self uh probably like I did, literally could probably write a novel for my 18 year old self <laughs> but um it would probably be just to back yourself um you know focus on yourself and, and back yourself Brilliant. And in terms of uh, role models and people you look up to, 
in terms of like if you could have dinner with someone anyone in the world dead or alive who would it be and why oh so i have a few um for different reasons like mainly the the running theme amongst all of them are, are that they are uh, extremely interesting and successful and i feel like they would add a lot of benefit to you know, they'd be able to give me a lot of inside ad- advice um, on kind of any realm of um, of my life. So um, it would probably be, you know, if I had my pick, um, <laughs> it would be Michelle Obama, okay. Brene Brown, Katie Taylor, or um, Steve Kerr. And okay. I wouldn't put Steve Kerr um, there before, but I watched them... Um, the Michael Jordan documentary actually oh, and yeah. he stood out to me. I thought he was just class. Yeah. So um so yeah, so they're my four. Um I just yeah, and all in their own right, they're extremely interesting and mm. being su- extremely uh, successful and in their own right. So any of them. Any of them I'd take Orla. <laughs> Brilliant. And the final question would be if your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Oh, geez, how big the book. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah I don't know I let's just say the beginning I'd say like I mean for me there's a lot I you know would like to achieve and you know I yeah in both my own personal life my own uh, career and so I'd like to think that this is very much the beginning like I've been doing a lot of figuring out my I don't think that will ever really stop but um you know as I've gotten a bit older and um you know, I've learned a lot about myself and I've, and I've tried to learn um, about myself, which I don't know if that makes sense, but like mm. definitely in lockdown, um, I've really focused on my own personal development. Like yeah. I think um, you can get so caught up in, in trying to develop like say a business or uh, get better at the sport you do or whatever it might be. And I felt like I was always running and busy and yeah. that I never really gave myself the time to like develop and, and grow um, or um, I suppose not as much as I would like to, let's say. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'd like to think that this is the beginning of my book and, and there's plenty more to come. Brilliant. So we've to expect big things now from Nutricate. Oh, <laughs> Pressure's on. That's the plan. Pressure's <laughs> on. So then in terms of, you know, kind of going back to the, the beginning, let's say, of your sporting career, how did you sort of get involved in sport? Were your parents involved? Was it friends, family? Yeah, so we were always um, encouraged to play sport growing up. Like, so I would have played like camogie and football in school. I never was very good at it. And um, mind you, I really kind of started, you know, I suppose getting good at sport um, when I went to secondary school and basketball was the big thing um, in Clush Eastgon at the time. And it was uh, my my best friend's uh, sister was trying to recruit first years um, and she was going into classes like trying to get us all enthused about basketball um, and I suppose everyone else was going along and um, we were told we were going to train for three times a week and then have games and at 12 years of age I thought that that would massively hinder my social life that yeah. I seemed to have conjured in my head <laughs> um, but I went along anyway because everyone else everyone else was doing it so um and before I knew it, I was playing basketball seven days a week and, oh, okay. um, yeah, started, you know, seeing that I, you know, could be good at this. If Now, I am someone who has an, like a lot of natural talent, but like I work extremely hard. So, mm-hmm. um, and I needed to do that because like there's, um, you know, there's always people who are very talented naturally and I can't 
hold my hand up and say that <laughs> yeah. I am one day well, unfortunately and <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah um, so yeah so it was really from there that I, I started playing competitively and um, you know really working hard at something and, and mm. I suppose reaping the rewards of that hard work not always but um, you know I, I got to play for Dublin and Ireland and, mm. and I'm still competing uh, you know at a, at a high level now so mm. so yeah so that's kind of how I got into the sport. And what was that like to kind of represent your county and your country you know in terms of your basketball and you know kind of reaping those rewards of your hard work what was that moment like you know getting that goal or getting the satisfaction from your hard work yeah it was dead like I know like definitely like yeah uh, I don't like just from like when we were when you got on the Irish team back in the day or you're finding out about cuts like you you'd find out through a letter in the post oh, okay. so like so old. that actually makes me sound so old <laughs> um, I was like oh my god you sound so old um but uh so you're waiting on that letter and I suppose just like the relief that like mm. oh my god I made it over this hurdle and then obviously to to make it to the team and uh make it on the team and to be traveling to the Europeans or traveling uh with the Dublin team we got to go to Liège two years running so like okay. just kind of it was more of a like a relief more than anything else and then mm. you when you were there and competing you're trying to like um I suppose take it all in um yeah it's just it, it, like I mean it's it's great I probably have more appreciation for it now now that I'm a bit um older and probably mm. a bit more mature in ways because it was mm. all kind of like all happens in a way really fast and yeah. it's hard you know, to get in the of it yeah. yeah um well it definitely was for me like some people maybe you know did take it all in but I was kind of like oh my god but definitely I remember the Irish team like getting your jersey and with your name on the back I was mm. like like that was for me I was like oh my god this is so cool yeah <laughs> um so it's those little things at 15 like yeah. but um but yeah so it was it, it, it's amazing um when, when you do get over those hurdles because there are is so much uncertainty as mm. well with with getting the yeah. And in terms of, you know, get recognition, you recently got a got a small little shout out by Mr. Kelvin Troy, uh, basketball, Irish Basketball Hall of Fame and his daughter Mimi. And they, I think they called you a tough cookie. Uh, and I think <laughs> you earned Mimi's title of toughest opponent, I think it was. Yeah, I was absolutely, I saw this last night and I was like absolutely buzzing, like literally beaming. Like um, Mimi is certainly a, a tough cookie and uh, Kelvin Troy definitely was um, and you know huge respect for both of them um, personally and um, in the sporting uh, element too so um, it was great to get recognised uh, by the likes of those two so I'm still I'm still beaming over here. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And then in terms of you mentioned it before you played at Trinity Meters last year and you got promoted to the Super League you know what was that like kind of going back to playing with meters I know you grew up playing with meters what was that moment like you know to make it to the make it to their national league and you know to get that promotion to the super league yeah it was deadly like I mean at the beginning of every season like you lay out kind of what you want to get from it um, and that was definitely like our main aim um, so to, to actually put in the slog and to reap the rewards that it, it was great and then to do it um, alongside you know girls that you've grown up playing with um, as well as you know I suppose management people in management who again you've grown up um, alongside um, and who have been so supportive over your career and to see how much that means them too and for it all to pull together for all involved was just 
class. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, a, you know, it's like any, any kind of season there when you set out your goals and you achieve them. It's, it's mm. always a lovely, lovely feeling. And I'm sure like, it's like the end of a book, you know, um, and happy liver after, you know, you, you started with meteors and you ended meteors, you know, you brought them into the super league. I'd say that was, that was obviously a huge moment. And in terms of your own game, then what would be your sort of pregame routine in terms of, you know, your meals and your music and, you know, warm up and stuff like that. What would you kind of do before a match? Yeah, so I definitely like my prep for a match probably starts like a day and a half out. Um, so that would like entail like my my eating strategy, my hydration strategy. Um, similar to what I'd be telling the athletes to do themselves is, you know, I've, I've gotten into a routine the day of a game where it's like, my meals are all pretty similar and um, they will change depending on game uh, game time so sometimes you're playing like middle of the day others it's in the evening so and some days you're playing on saturday others on sunday mm. um they are friday actually i think of it and um, so obviously I've, you make adjustments for that but um you know i just be looking to to stay on top of my uh, my sleep too um and just to make sure you know that I've everything in the house that I need uh, for for that week to carry out my routine and mm. um, so whenever my weekly shop is to make sure that you know so I'm all prepped so that no matter what the week kind of throws at me I know I have everything I need in, in the place that I need it to be and mm. um, uh, I try and like I yeah I try and you know have all my kind of homework done so uh, like with I found it actually quite challenging with business in terms of depending because my schedule because I work with athletes a lot of the time too my schedule like can be really full on around my game time so um you know I just try and make sure that when I'm at training I'm absorbing as much information as possible if I need to take notes or reflect um on something I need to be mindful of for the game I'll, I'll do so in and around training time um, and and I'm be sure to like kind of touch base with that maybe the morning of or if I need to to chat to one of the girls I will and um, just to be sure I'm, I'm on the right page but I look to just focus on you know what I can control and and, and what my job is and make sure I, I do that so I, I absolutely love listening to some music on the way into a game and um, I have my earphones in and um, but but then you know as soon as we're we're ready to warm up as a group I'm you know, earphones are out, I'm, but I'm still very much in my, my own zone and, mm. and just focusing on, right, Kate, what's your job today? What do you need to get done? Um, and what can I, what can I control? So, mm. so yeah, so that's kind of um, a, a snippet of it. It'd be so different for everyone, but that's kind of, mm. that works for me um, uh, for the most part. So, yeah. Mm. And is there anything that you've maybe taken from athletes you've worked with I guess you're in the unique position that you've worked with elite level athletes is there anything that you've seen them do that you said oh I'm going to try that and it's worked out well for you um well I, I suppose like the biggest thing that I've learned over the years from from athletes that I've worked in is or worked with is um is I suppose how to approach a game in terms of you know embracing what's around you and I suppose how like you know obviously we all know practice makes perfect but like practicing as you want to play and like, like being able to depend on that or rely on that and um, so um, I suppose you're, you've got the reassurance when you go into a game no matter how big or small it might be that I've 
you know, I've done this a hundred times, a thousand times over, like it's no different. Mm-hmm. And I suppose approaching it in that kind of mature state and embracing it, like definitely as I've gotten older, like particularly like a huge wake up call for me was uh, when I did get to the National Cup final and I hadn't been there in years. And I was mm-hmm. like, these days don't come around. So like, just freaking enjoy it. Like yeah. how buzzed are you to be here? And just embrace that like you get to play something that you've worked so hard for and that you love so mm. go out there and just play the game that you enjoy you've yeah. you've done the donkey work and mm. uh, and you can kind of uh have that you gain your confidence from that mm. and of course from the, the girls around you so and mm. um, so yeah so i think really savoring the the moment and backing all the work that you've done is yeah. been something that you know i've noticed really really stands to mm. and i think as younger players We'll always think you know I've years ahead of me I have multiple cup finals to come I think when you kind of get to that older stage of your career or you're not playing as much you kind of realize god these days are really special I might I might not be back here again yeah and even from I didn't say it there but like even from an injury perspective like the amount of uh, athletes I'm working with who are like you know coming back from injury or who have gone through some in some cases horrific injuries and and they've that's not my first season and even if you look at the likes of COVID now like for some people like they didn't even get to finish out their seasons Mm. and things are still up in the air like you really can't take these for granted these Mm. days for granted because you just don't know like so maybe you'll get to play but maybe you'll never get to be back in in the final position Mm. um or you know maybe your your career will be cut short due to injury whatever it might be so yeah really like savoring the moment I think is is well worth it yeah and in terms of then you recently began playing Gaelic football you know how did did you notice many of your skills overlapping you know in terms of obviously the catching you know how did that how did basketball kind of go hand in hand with it yeah so um the I'm kind of, I was kind of fortunate in a way that the basketball season ends and the Gaelic season starts kind of pretty much and mm-hmm. um, so my fitness wasn't a problem in one way now it was a total different ball game in terms of um like when I say fitness like I had a, a nice baseline there but I did mm. find it challenging but at least I wasn't started starting from scratch Um, so as you said like catching um, hand-eye coordination uh, similar I also found that like in terms of some of um, the the zone work we might do in basketball that was transferable and um, mm. or even defense was transferable then in, in football too Um. And I think like even having experience working in a team environment and understanding roles, I'm still very much trying to understand my role in midfield. And <laughs> um, I don't know if the pennies fully dropped, but um, mm. but yeah, it's it's like knowing that you know everyone is is working working together and you know mm. strengths and weaknesses and whatnot. So I definitely think that you know they aren't transferable. The the biggest thing for me was solos. Like I mean, yeah, definitely when I started um sometimes still uh, in my third season in it's like you know after after my bounce is gone and I'm trying to get a solo in it's like oh my god am I gonna am I gonna nail this or is it gonna go a few feet ahead of me um so that was the biggest challenge but there's definitely transferables between uh, the layout and and some of the actual skills themselves um absolutely which which has been great Mm. Uh, for me it stood to me yeah and in terms of uh, I always find it funny I can always I play both uh, club football and basketball and I can always kind of spot the basketball and the football players in terms of the certain players will catch the ball and straight away their bounce be gone and their coach be gone yeah. at saying take your four steps but they're so used to getting the ball and pushing it uh, and kind of going and I find with myself I never bounce 
just with let's say a bounce just my right hand it's always a crossover in front of my body <laughs> it's it's a terrible habit and it's the vendors love when I do it because they nip in and get the ball and I have to I have to get rid of it but it's an awful habit I do myself and then in terms of you know you're professionally you work as a nutritionist what would your diet be like um in terms of like are you vegan vegetarian or do you eat meat and stuff like that yeah no I, I eat meat um I suppose like the aim of my diet is like to support, you know, my day to day living, my day to day performance. So, um, you know, I, I look to try and get plenty of variety in there through whatever, you know, my, my meat, my, whatever my protein sources are and um, whatever my carbohydrate sources are and my fruit and vegetables. And um, like, um, I'd probably look to have, um, Again, it'll depend on, on if I'm training or not, but kind of, you know, I always look to get my six plus portions of fruit and veg in. Um, I'd always look to make sure I'm, I'm hitting my protein requirements. Um, my carbohydrate requirements would be really important, particularly if, it's, if I'm going out training. So they would kind of like frame, I suppose, my day-to-day -day eating. Um, and then obviously making sure I'm on top of, of my fluid intake. Um, so yeah, so it's really just like, um, being aware of you know how I'm feeling, what my week is like, what my training schedule is like, what work is like, um, and how can I support myself through the food um, and fluid I'm consuming um, on that front. And in terms of you, know, you would probably epitomize you know practice what you preach. You know you obviously you're quite a good diet. In terms of then you know your favorite food or even a cheat meal, what would be your sort of go to? Um, so I have a mix. Like, I mean, I think it's it's really important. Like, I think um, you know, it's nice to include foods that aren't very, like, you know, aren't really nutritious, and um, but are very tasty. Like, at the end of the day, food is there to be enjoyed, and I think um, you can enjoy the likes of you know your chocolate and or whatever it might be for you, um, and not be worrying about that you've enjoyed that. Like, that's not going to make you on. Unhealthy, uh, but it makes your diet sustainable. And um, so for me, like chocolate's my absolute favorite. Like I love chocolate, and um, yeah, I. So that that's definitely my go-to if, yeah. if we're talking about stuff that's not as you know overly nutritious. Um, but it's certainly tasty. Um, it's probably chocolate. <laughs> and in terms of then maybe a takeaway, what would be your go-to? Is it the Chinese pizza, Indian even? Um, I actually love Thai food. Um, okay. so. Indian actually is divine as well, like Peshwari naan, like any night of the week, like I love mm. Peshwari naan. Um, so yeah, it's, it's either or, we'd probably go between uh, Thai and Indian if we were if we were getting a takeaway, but I actually, like I cook an awful lot and I really enjoy it, so it doesn't really feel like a chore, so um, it's kind of, I rarely would uh, get a takeaway just because I enjoy what I cook and it's, it's become like habitual now, so mm. I don't even notice like yeah. kind of way that it's mm. it's just another thing that I do <laughs> yeah you're sort of out of the habit of maybe you know on Friday Saturday night ringing for to get a takeaway probably yeah no that like that wouldn't even be like the odd time uh I, I absolutely might um or if you're you know uh, the girls or whatever um might we might opt for something like that um, and it's you know but for the most part I I love throwing together something and I'm trying to I try and challenge myself to you know try different things because that will not only stand for me, but then it stands to my clients too. So, um, so yeah, so I look to kind of push the boat out in the cooking front um, myself anyway. Brilliant. And then in terms of kind of maybe going back to college and, you know, 
beginning to work in the professional world did you ever want to work in the clinical area or was it always you know I'm into sport I would love to be in, in sports nutrition yeah so that's a, a funny one because my actual in my undergrad I studied food science and it was actually by default um, I didn't get enough points and um, I worked really really hard and um, I just came up short in terms of the, the leaving cert uh, certificate points system um, and I got my third choice which was food science um, so my my initial choice being human nutrition dietetics like that actually I if I'd gone down that route like I might be sitting here chatting to you about something completely different mm. um, or maybe I wouldn't I don't know but um, but that was the, that kind of clinical uh, route um, was initially what I was was going towards now Who's to say I wouldn't have gone on and done my master's in sports nutrition anyway? Yeah. I, you don't, I don't know. But um, uh, but yeah, I, I suppose because I was so heavily involved in sport and have been, and it's something I really enjoy and buzz off of, and I love working with um, athletes, um, and I adore my job. Um, you know, and that's not, I'm not can't always working and only working with athletes, but it is a mm. huge part of my job. So um, I don't know, like the clinical side is still something that I, I think about. Um, I just think it's super interesting as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, so it's not something that I'm going to maybe never go near, um, just more so out of interest more than anything else. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, but yeah, I, I suppose I, I've often wondered like, oh, if I'd gotten, you know, gone down the route I mm. had thought I, I would be going down, if I'd still, if we'd be talking here at all or if mm. I'd have nutricate or you know what might have been so um so yeah so I think I think everything works out um in some shape or form or works out for um a reason and mm. you know I'm, I'm happy with how how mine's worked out so yeah I, w I won't park clinic clinical the clinical side entirely um but yes it's de it's definitely something that I've, I've thought about anyway yeah. And then in terms of, you know, you did a master's in the UK coming out of that, did you work, did you set up Nutricate straight away or did you work for someone else or how did that sort of start out? Yeah. So when I was completing my um, master's coming towards the end of it, um, Loughborough University, um, uh, I came across an internship for a consultancy over in the UK um, and I applied for that like to be honest when I think back or like I was so naive like I was like I'll go over do my master's in sport and exercise nutrition um, come home get a job like that was just didn't really think much about it um, and then as I was like over there and um, you know started realizing that you know it's actually not going to be that easy there love so like <laughs> you'd want to start looking at um, you know how how you can give yourself the best foundation I suppose for your career um, so I came across this internship and I, I got it. And so I worked over um, in the UK then nearly two years after I finished my master's. So I did the internship for nine months, then became um, full time in that consultancy, working with athletes, uh, general population, different teams, corporates, similar to what I do now, actually. So it was really nice because I got like um, a taste of so many different areas mm -hmm. um, and, and also had um, mentors there too, which was great. Um, and then I became senior health and performance nutritionist there 
um, before I decided to come back to Ireland um, in 2017 and, and set up NutriCate. So um, I, I got a lot of kind of practical experience, which I think is so, so important because I suppose as I got into the thick of things, I realized that uh, the academic side and the, the science side is so, so important, but like so too is being able to translate that information or to be able to take information that's actually relevant and be able mm. to pick through that uh, for real life um, application. So, um, so yeah, so I, I got a nice kind of practical, um, so I, I suppose experience in before ever setting up um, Nutricate, mm. um, which was great. Brilliant. And, and you touched, yeah, and you touched on it there briefly about you know mentors and stuff like that. Did you ever have you know a specific mentor for your business or someone you know you looked at um like another nutritionist and kind of said I like what they're doing I'd love to do something similar and yeah so like I've been very fortunate um you know grow like over the course of my career that like anyone who I've asked for help or for advice like they've been very forthcoming and I think anyone kind of listening um who is maybe looking to get into that area like don't be afraid to ask for help because you know more times than not people are more than happy to help you and mm. and you know definitely for me like you know looking back like you know anyone asks me for help like I remember distinctly being in their position I'm like oh my god I know how you're feeling <laughs> it's scary world out there um but but you know I'm more than happy to lend advice if it's if they feel like it would help but um like daniel davy was great to me over the years for um, and still is for um advice uh lauren delaney who actually was um, a basketball coach of mine and she um she's gone on to have an extremely successful career um in nutrition and um, mm. to um they've been you know two people who have been great like you know listening uh advising um, and then there's like multiple people um, who have been great too and have pitched in and who's ha who've helped me along the way. Um, and, I, you know, I've been a very, very fortunate on that front. And um, even like reaching out to people um, within kind of the, the industry and network, like people, as I said, are very forthcoming with, um, you know, with help and uh, advice. And, and it's great even just to build your network because it's quite mm -hmm. like, uh, small in, in the nutrition world and um, so even like getting to chat to other practitioners and see uh, what they're doing and you know sharing experiences like at the end of the day it's going to make each and every one of us better at what we yeah. do so um, I think that's a, a really important part and um, is even even if you don't need help necessarily even just to reach out and chat and have a discussion like there's a lot to learn from one another yeah. um, and I think you know anyone who I've come across has been more than happy to do that so I feel very lucky and um, yeah. to get to meet the people I do on, on a day-to-day basis and then in terms of you know the people you're working with is there are you mostly working with teams or do you work with a lot of individuals as well are they always athletes or are they you know general day-to-day -day, you know um normal business people and stuff like that yeah so I actually I've been asked quite often or just over the last number of weeks like in particular I <laughs> Um, you know, okay, do you only work with athletes or like, will you work with me? Um, uh, and yeah, I, d I don't just work with athletes. Um, I, I work with, you know, people who are looking to lose weight, gain muscle mass, who, um, who want to improve, you know, how they feel on a day-to-day -day basis or their overall um, health. Um, and then, of course, I do work with um, the teams or 
athletes who come out of their own kind of um off their own back who just want um extra support um, and then you know i do a bit of the corporate side too so delivering seminars workshops doing drop-in clinics um so yeah so it's a it's really mixed um and my colleague lisa is is there with me now um so between the two of us we we kind of work in in those and uh, kind of that varied kind of those varied areas which is great and mm. um, it keeps things different and exciting and uh yeah we're very fortunate to to get to work with uh, the people and the companies and the teams that we do so it's, it's great yeah and then in terms of you know you're well known for working with athletes and teams what would be you know the sports that those teams play is it always you know basketball Gaelic football or are there any sort of other sports that you've kind of come across and work with yeah so I suppose um like the I, I'd work with the drum senior ladies team and the long senior men's team from a football perspective um and as you mentioned I've, I've worked in uh, basketball too uh with with some of the Irish teams and um, but then I've got you know a handful of athletes um you know in rowing handball uh soccer rugby uh golf so it's it is nice and mixed um and it's good because like you know i um get to to work or to you know to delve into different areas they don't you know they're not all the same um uh, they don't all have the same needs in many different uh, ways and even to to continuously need to learn about uh, about more and about more uh, different areas is, is great so it's really nice and varied so it's, it's yeah I love it <laughs> and then in terms of you touching it briefly you're working with Dublin senior ladies and the Longford men's how do you kind of get involved do you reach out to them or do they kind of come to you how does that sort of work there yeah, it's a, it's a mix, um, actually. Um, so I was put forward for uh, one of the gigs um, and then the, another, I, w- I like literally knocked on the door, like I knew with the ladies, like I knew they didn't, they weren't working with anyone. Um, and obviously I knew it could benefit them um, to, to have someone look at their nutrition side. So I actually knocked on their door um, in that instance, um, whereas I would have been put forward for the nutrition uh, or for the Longford gig. Um, so yeah, and I, I suppose it's now I'm very fortunate that over the last number of years I've you know built up uh, kind of um, what's the word my uh, I can't think of the word um, I've built up your contacts or network kind of thing my network and kind of my that yeah that that's basically what I'm trying to say yeah. <laughs> um, I've built up my reputation that was it yeah <laughs> getting there getting there. Um, you know in in the area of sports or even from my one-to-one clients so now it's word of mouth that's kind of put puts me forward for a lot of the work I do too which is really nice um to to kind of be on the receiving end of that Mm. and then in terms of you know your normal schedule with those teams you know are you always present at training you know what would be your role let's say at training versus match day uh, and kind of that lead up to the matches yeah, so it depends on the team you're working with, kind of what point of season you're at. But, um, you know, you wouldn't need to be at every training session. I think um, it's definitely important to be at some to, because a lot of the time, like, that's um, a nice time to just to have a chat with an athlete or if an athlete has a query, they can ask you there and then and they get sorted. Um, and that's actually one really important part of my job is um, to build a 
a rapport with the people I'm working with. So whether they're athletes or not, um, uh, you know, it, it's so, so important that, you know, you can build kind of that trust um, um, with them to, to, so I can have maximum uh, maximal effect with that person. Um, so, yeah, I, you'd be at a handful of training sessions um, and, you know, you, you might, depending on the team, organise their post-recovery uh, meal or make sure that they have, you know, shakes available, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and then and that's all organised. And then on game day, uh, it'd be kind of similar. You're there if anyone has, you know, is is worried about anything in particular, or you know, the odd time, you know, an athlete might, uh, their tummy might be kind of struggling, maybe from nerves or whatever it might be. Um, or if there's anything out of the ordinary for them, you're there to kind of give them reassurance or guidance. Mm-hmm. And um, you make sure again pre post match uh, meals are sorted and looked after and everyone's uh, you know well taken care of and um, make sure that half time the dressing room is set up as it needs to be from a fluid perspective or whatever uh, you might have available to the team and the same with you know directly tra- uh, after. I was going to speak about Irish there, Teresa. I was going to say, I don't know where that came from. Um, directly after the game, uh, that they have, uh, the, uh, the girls or the lads have exactly what they need uh, to optimize their recovery. So, um, you know, it's same, same, but different in, in ways. Um, but yeah, but I, I suppose, um, yeah, just, just making sure everything were, runs like clockwork is, is a really big part of the job and that everyone has the kind of reassurance and the confidence. So it's like one less thing that they need to be worrying about before they, mm-hmm. they go out and play. Yeah, and in terms of then with COVID and kind of, you know, all these famous Zoom calls, what is, you know, your current role with them? Are you in constant communication with them or did you, was there kind of a break uh, in terms of waiting for you know the the season to be kind of put in stone that it was going ahead yeah so again it depends on the team like I mean we like I work with a number of teams so um it kind of yeah a lot of it was kind of put on hold or if you know you might do little bits and bobs just to kind of keep uh, teams engaged and taken over so say online cook-alongs was a really big thing and it's actually something that uh, we're still doing um so whether it's off on a once-off um kind of basis or with teams that we're working with more regularly um and they've been great because it kind of gives um it gives players kind of the practical side of things so it invests them in confidence in terms of putting something nice together mm-hmm. that actually you know is handy to do really tasty and will stand them you know way after and they, they're, you know, finished their, their career in sport. Um, so that's been great. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it really depends. Um, it de- and it has depended on the, on the team. And, and But I think every kind of team that I've worked with, uh, if they're still not on a break, they definitely went on a break. Because I think uh, with COVID, um, you know, irrespective of whether you're playing sport or not, like it's been very challenging, like mm-hmm. on a personal level, I think for everyone, because it's, so bizarre <laughs> like we never could have um prepared for this and you know things have kind of things did change overnight and they're kind of still changing um you know very uh sporadically so it's it's definitely challenging on a on a mental as much something else so i think is really important for us um you know as you know backroom staff or whatever it might be that we recognize that and uh, you can give people kind of breaks when they need it mm-hmm. um, and, and time to step away and just you know be you know take whatever time they need 
And then in terms of your own, you know, you have a lot more time in your hands uh, with the current pandemic. You started your Thursday takeover where on your Instagram page. Where did that idea, you know, sort of come out from? Was it always something you wanted to do? And you just kind of said, you know, I've timed my hands. I may as well grab it, you know. Yeah, well, actually, I was asked to do a takeover um, for uh, a page on Instagram. And then I was like, this is actually a really nice idea. Like, I kind of, I was playing with the idea of, like, a podcast for a while. Um, a friend of mine really wants me to do um, something on YouTube. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, like, it's so time-consuming. I hate to start something and not be able to manage it or stretch myself too thinly and be stressing out necessarily. So... Um, just I kind of looked at kind of my schedule and um, you know what would work best but what would give my audience you know really like useful or insightful information or add you know something different Um I think again going back to kind of COVID and it all being so uncertain uncertain and kind of just a bit like ugh, in general I was like well what might be interesting might you know be add some light to anyone's kind of you know dark dark days or whatever it might be so um yeah I just thought um having experience doing a takeover myself and kind of I thought it was a nice idea to give people an insight into someone else's life and um you know because I think like everyone is so interesting so that's why like I love like I talk about building rapport and that being so important by my job but I literally love chatting to people like I just mm love knowing their story I love and um, you know knowing you know what kind of dr- has driven them to where they are now or yeah and no matter what kind of their achievements are or aren't on paper and um, I just think everyone is so interesting and <laughs> um, yeah. so I was like this is a really nice way to allow someone like uh, to share an insight into someone else's life and um, for our viewers and you know I always take something from the takeovers I think again there is always something to take uh, from people um, and and I just hope that you know my my own audience uh, on the Nutricate page um, are taken from too and you know the feedback has been great like it does seem to be working nicely mm-hmm. and I've been very very uh, grateful with who or you know and so blessed to have uh, those who have had on um, on my takeovers and you know everyone's been great for giving me their time and and putting in so much effort so so yeah it's been it's been a really enjoyable process and it's uh yeah one I've learned a lot from too a hundred percent I love tuning in on the Thursdays to see who it is I love I love the way the highlights are there so you can go back in particular uh Anne-Marie Kennedy I think the sports psychologist yeah I took a lot from her takeover just specifically because I have a huge yeah I have a huge interest in sports psychology and you know the the tips and advice she gave were so applicable to myself and my own sporting life and and personal life as well and in terms of your guests you know you've such a wide variety are they are you just asking you know people you don't know or is there are they clients how do you kind of get the ideas for the guests it's actually been like a mix so um like I have been very fortunate to work with like great people over the years so like I've taken you know I've banged on a few of their doors and be like hey <laughs> um I think you're fab so can you just show that to everyone else please <laughs> um so it's been yeah a mix of people I've worked with and um, you know clients or colleagues and um, it's you know been friends um friends of friends so so yeah, that's kind of how I've been navigating uh, through. Or indeed, um, if you know, there's pe- like 
people who I think are just really interesting um, I just kind of chant my arm even if I if I don't know them and go hey um, would you mind giving me a full day of your life please <laughs> um, but people have been great so like I mean just yeah a very uh, pleasant experience so far and then in terms of you know reaching out and building connections if you could work let's say with any team or even an athlete in the world who would it be and why yeah, so actually, I would have loved, if I could go back in time, I would have loved to have worked with the Chicago Bulls team when Michael oh, Jordan, yeah. Freddie Pitts and everyone is like, that just looked unbelievable. But I also would actually love to work with the likes of like the Irish um, women's rugby team. Um, I love rugby as a sport. I find it really interesting. I'm from a nutritional um side of things like there's so many areas to cover and um you know obstacles to overcome and I'd yeah I'd love to to work with a team a team like that um yeah mm. really great and in terms of those elite level teams and you, you see a lot of players at Intercounty and in the NBA you know going towards let's say vegan vegetarian diet is that something that you know you've seen maybe a lot of your clients do or would you sort of recommend it in terms of the the sporting benefits in terms of you know they say uh, Chris Paul is a big example of it he says you know since I've gone plant-based diet I don't get tired as ha- you know with the same workouts that I do I'm I'm fresh legs like I've never had before yeah so that's a really interesting one because um I have a handful of clients not too many that you know what might be uh, vegetarian or vegan um but i think the biggest thing like by and large most of us don't eat enough plants full stop and plants are like amazing for our overall health and well-being i think you know we're when we hear kind of um statements similar similar to that or athletes advocating for um, a particular diet like we do really need to take it um with a pinch of salt and um, you know what was their diet like you know i think uh, beforehand so i think that's a big um element of it like often um going kind of plant-based it requires more effort from the individual they put more um time into their diet and they make better choices it makes mm-hmm. them it makes them um you know you know include more nutrient dense foods um, and it can be um very rewarding for that person if that's um if that's kind of the outcome for them um so i think in general we should all probably focus on um eating more you know plants um full stop mm-hmm. um but i don't think you know one particular diet is necessarily better for another person like it's very individual uh you know, based, um, and it really depends on who's in front of you um, and what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if I've got someone come to me um, or any of my athletes who um, have adopted a vegan or vegetarian approach, uh, for whatever reason that might be, that's fine. My job is to make sure that um, they understand, you know, well, what might be missing or what do we need to be more uh, conscious of in our diet do we need to supplement if we can't get that in through our diet so um i think and i think if anyone's listening that is going to go down that route um for whatever reason that might be you absolutely can uh, get a lot of value out of it but you do need to be aware that you know by cutting out um a, a large amount of food or options that that needs to be taken into account in terms of you know there's there's nutrients that i'm cutting out here how can i make sure that they're they're mm-hmm. in my diet so um 
so yeah, so I think whatever, I think it's very much down to the individual and what works best for them. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think you need to go necessarily the whole hog to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a lot of people, it, it, it can certainly make them make healthier choices and, and, you know, which support their health better than what they would have been doing. And in terms of then, you know, you see a lot of individuals that may have a coffee before a game, like hours before a game. What would be your sort of opinion? Do you, would you recommend it or... Uh, would you kind of say maybe stay away from it or does it all again just depend on the individual yeah like any recommendations I make it it definitely is based on you know who is in front of me like what are their needs what works for them what doesn't work for them and like on the note of kind of coffee or caffeine being the stimulant there like that is and has been proven to you know support performance and and be a performance aid so again um that is something that you know uh, quite a number of my athletes use not all of them use it but um a lot of them do to kind of get um and i suppose just to aid the performance and, and help them that bit more um so again it'll just depend uh, you know even in terms of caffeine like the dosage and stuff like that like that will change depending on the person do they drink um a lot of caffeine or coffee or teas or you know do they consume caffeine on a day-to-day basis that will have an impact on how receptive they are towards um, the caffeine supplement um, or do they never use caffeine are they going to be very sensitive to it so um yeah so whether you use it or not is very much down to the the individual and, and where they're at um, and and if you are using it again it's down to the individual in terms of okay well how much do i need to prescribe them but similar to any supplement like i mean you have to get the foundations right when it comes to your diet. So if you are not doing, you know, the basic stuff correctly on a day-to-day basis, like your recovery, like your fueling, like caffeine isn't going to just make everything okay. Yeah. Um, it definitely can help, but that's what we're looking for after we know we've nailed, um, you know, our, our fueling strategy, we've nailed our recovery strategy, our, our diet is, is giving us all the vitamins, minerals, nutrients that we need um, regularly. We're getting enough sleep, our hydration's on point. Um, and then we'll start looking to add in stuff like uh, caffeine if, if we need to or if, if the athlete wants to. So the important bit is, you know, building that foundational base and then sort of adding the likes of caffeine and maybe supplements on top of that base. Definitely. Like, I mean, a big, big thing for athletes is like, is eating enough for their performance full stop. So like even working and figuring that out with athletes and uh, understanding their energy demands and then uh, you know translating that to them and showing them what that looks like like that um needs to be looked after and that's not something that's necessarily great um or done very well um in general and that's you know so you're looking to really pair back and nail all the basic elements and then you look to supplements at the end um but yeah that's that's after you've you've got the right amount of energy uh, the right breakdown of nutrients and your timings on point and as i said like other lifestyle factors too uh, like sleep hydration um and just on the note of supplements like if you are an athlete who is taking supplements like it's so important to go for um you know a um a high quality supplement uh company um you know and one that particularly if you're elite level and um, it's really important that you're opting for supplements that are um, informed sport approved like to reduce your risk of you know there being any i suppose banned substances or contaminants in, in the supplements that you're taking so there's always that risk too so that's why you don't want to be 
you know, prescribing anything willy-nilly, mm-hmm. you know, if there's no need. So it kind of sounds like, you know, education is nearly as important as the nutrition. It's knowing, you know, what am I putting into my body? Knowing, you know, am I taking the right thing? Is it the correct supplement? Am I allowed to take it? Yeah, education is so key. Like, um, it's so, so important. And that's what I, whether it's an athlete I'm dealing with or, um, you know, general population, no matter what the goal is, like, I am looking to educate that person, like, my job is to make them not need me anymore more like you know i'm looking to empower them to make their own informed decisions to you know get in touch with their needs and you know understand that they are the individual that they need and you know get a feel for what really works for them what doesn't and so yeah so education is so so important so that they can you know they they get a good understanding as to you know what their needs are at different points of the season or at, uh, when the, you know if their goals change or whatever it might be so yeah education is so so key and then in terms of you know we're finishing up now the last sort of question would be what would be the you know the biggest nutritional or performance myths that you've ever heard you know i've heard a lot of cutting out dairy and like cutting out bread is there any like big uh, ones you've heard you're like oh my god what are they at like what are they doing yeah, there's so, there's so many. Like, I mean, I think the biggest thing with nutrition, like if there's a a silver bullet or a magic pill, like, you know, or if it sounds too good to be true, like it usually is. So, um, but like, I mean, there's loads there. Um, this idea of, you know, good and bad when it comes to food, like um, that's something that I really try to move away from with uh, my, my clients. Like, I mean, there's no one food that, you know makes you unhealthy um or, or i suppose the the poison is in the dose and um, so um it, it's kind of moving away from this moral approach to food um and you know looking at uh, gaining a good foundation and a good framework in your diet and knowing that and we mentioned it earlier like adding in foods that aren't very maybe aren't overly nutritious but like you know are really tasty uh, is is okay like it's not going to make you um you know automatically healthy the same or unhealthy the same way that having an apple doesn't make you all of a sudden be super healthy either like you know you need to look at um the bigger picture so um so yeah like i mean i could go on all day about all the myths but um you know there's no set food that's going to um you know is inherently bad or inherently good you know you know it's um yeah about getting a, a good foundation and, and you can kind of be flexible with that i definitely one of those after maybe a takeaway have an apple oh i feel great that's the that's the nutrition in for the day <laughs> i'm very <laughs> guilty that myself. yeah 100 percent. well kate i really appreciate you coming on thanks a million if you'd like to kind of um get to tell the listeners where they could follow you on like say, instagram twitter and maybe your website as well yeah, so uh, you can get me um, at Nutricate.com. And um, my Instagram is Nutricate underscore com. Um, and my Twitter is Kate underscore Nutricate. And um, so all fairly similar and hopefully simple. <laughs> Perfect. So if you are into nutrition and want to kind of improve your own diet, make sure to follow Kate. Uh, and Kate, thanks a million for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Not at all, Orla. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. So thanks so much for the invite. 
massive thank you to Kate for coming on today and I just want to wish her and all of her teammates at Trinity Meteors the best of luck this season as they return to the Super League. If you are listening on Apple Podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review as it does help the podcaster grow. Subscribe for more episodes and I will catch you in the next one. Smile.